start of the podcast, take one. Hello, HTWOW listener, loyal friend on the internet, faceless person that I'm talking to right now. Thank you for joining us for the July 2018 episode of HTWOW. It's episode 13. We will get to the hot jams in just a moment, but uh, Toby and I would like to talk to you about uh, sharing your love of this podcast with all your friends. Right, Toby? That's right. Because uh, this podcast could easily atrophy and die if people stop listening to it. If uh, no one listens, then there's no reason for me to drive to College Station and for Toby to edit out all of the rambling and create a listenable podcast. There's no point if no one's clicking, if no one's listening. So we would like to task you, the loyal listener, to uh, tell your friends. Um, Send them a link. Tell them, hey, this podcast really is uh, not that bad and you might you might enjoy it and if you get all the way through it uh you can talk about it and talk to them about how it's not that bad that's a great that's a great slogan for us <laughs> and uh, you, wow it's not that bad but i also want to tell you that if you want to catch up on the pod you should also go to oldwaver.com maybe one day we'll have a new website but for now this is the website that will uh, serve as your repository for all past episodes. So go to oldwaver.com, go to the top of the page where it says podcasts, and there you can see every single one of our podcasts there for your enjoyment. Click on the uh, the month that maybe you missed or maybe you want to revisit, and uh, you can uh, download it on iTunes, you can play it on SoundCloud, and you can send it to your friends. Uh, so we thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show and... Uh, Please don't jar. Foot rubs are good. (laughs) Ready. Okay, so this is just a a snippet, a minute long of of when Robert and uh, uh, Reeves Gabriels are shredding towards the end of edge of the deep green sea towards the end of edge of the towards the end of edge of the deep green sea god damn towards the end of edge of the deep green towards the end of the song uh see how this strikes you are you gonna say the name of the band or yeah i said the name of the band what'd you say ice age oh i wasn't paying attention take two no
Welcome to High Tea with Old Waver, episode number 13. Lucky 13 is the July 2018 episode. Thank you for tuning in. This is uh, your favorite beer and music podcast featuring myself, Dave Lane, also known as Old Waver, at Old Waver on Twitter, and uh, the co-host, the engineer, the star of the podcast, Toby Pipes. Hello, Dave. At Toby Pipes on Twitter. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. I it's like a beautiful it. day today. It is a beautiful day. It's hot, but you know, it looks nice from in here. Yeah. Hopefully, I, uh, the fact that we turn off the AC while we're recording doesn't come back to haunt us. Yeah, we might have on to this take a break day. and cool it off at some point. But yes, uh, it's a beautiful day in Texas. We hope you are enjoying a beautiful day wherever you are. We'd love to hear from you if you are from... uh, Are we taking calls? Points distant. No, we're not taking calls, but if you want to uh, send us a tweet or uh, shoot us an email. I don't know. We should come up with a uh, a show email address, shouldn't we? Yeah. Like Like we're kind of building the plane in the air. We don't really know what we're doing. They can we're, just send stuff to you now. That's Every, true. Everyone can reach you on the Twitter. You're famous on the Twitter. Yeah. How did it go the other day? I, when you were on the ticket, I, I noticed y'all were um, pumping up your Twitter. Yeah, I think I gained a couple hundred via the Twitter and via Mike Soroy's gracious uh, tweeting of my address. Man, they um, the ticket is a, has a far reach. Yeah, it's a juggernaut. I mean, you know, Soroy's, he's a, you know, he's a second tier member. He's a producer of I think he the Normandy Invasion. But he's still got like 35,000 Twitter followers. Yeah, I'm guessing interns on the ticket have 500,000 followers, right? I guess. It's just I, I'm the exception the to the rule. You have tons. What well, are you talking about? I'm, I'm creeping up. Uh, one day... Maybe by the end of 2018, I'll, I'll hit the, uh, the five-figure mark. Oh, is that's the goal? The five-figure? Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to hit the six-figure mark, but it, at least five-figure, I'll, I'll feel like a real success. Five figs? Yeah, bro. Man, this beer is weird. It is weird. Um, I have a confession. I, I, I was trying to find something that I thought would complement both uh, visually and uh, palette-wise our HT Wow beer, because I thought we were going to do that this month, but you're saying it's not ready, that we have to wait until next month. It, it could be ready, but if, I mean, there's no rush. One more week for the um, carbonation. It's bottled. It's in the bottles. They're in those Grolsch-looking, you saw it. Yeah. And it's ready to go. Um, I think it would it would have been fine, but why not? Wait. Yeah. Patience shall be rewarded. So 
If you listened to last month's episode, we talked about how we were going to brew our first HTWOW beer. And so after we recorded the pod last month, we uh, had a brewing party uh, to brew the Yacht Rock Saison. Yeah. And it I have to say, just the color and the look of it and how clear it turned out. You know, because a lot of craft, you know, they're kind of milky. Right. This one is, you can see straight through it. And that's what I'm always going for. All right. So we will debut that next month. That'll be one of our beers next month. But we need a label. We need a Yacht Rock, uh, Yacht Rock Saison sticker photo for the bottle. Right. Well, if you uh, are a graphic designer and you want to volunteer your services... (laughs) Yeah, because we're not going to do it. Unless we just get one of those paint marker. Uh-huh. Can you draw... I can a, do the bubble letters. And draw a boat. I can't draw a boat, but I can do the bubble letters. We'll just... Uh, we'll draw a boat, and you can do bubble letters. And that'll be our... When we take a picture, it'll look like... It'll look profesh. So what I did is I picked up a... Uh, it's called a Citra Pale Ale from Cigar City Brewery. Mm-hmm. Out of Tampa, Florida. It's called Guayabera. And on the back it says, Our brewers feel the same reverence and appreciation for the traditional Latin Guayabera shirt that we do for the Citra Hop varietal. Shirt? I, that's, is that what it says? Shirt? Yeah, what does that mean? I don't know. Is that the like the the shirt that the uh, it looks like a Mexican barber? Wait, what are you talking about? I don't know. Let me look it up. Our brewers feel for appreciation for Latin Guayabera shirt. Guayabera shirt. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Like, I don't even... I'm. Are yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the one with the four pockets, and it's got like the, uh, the patterns down either side. Look. Looks like a Latino bowling shirt. Yeah, like that. Oh, yeah. No, I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if you're a um, like a, a top boss in Cuba, you right. would wear one of these shirts. Yeah, so uh, the Citra Hop is a hop that imparts notes of tangerine, lime, and berries. So, I don't know. I just, it kind of, that sentence doesn't really make sense, though, does no, it? No, it's a stretch, but I just, I felt like it might be an interesting compliment to our Saison, but since we're not doing that, it's a moot point. No, but this is, it, it's good though. And I've learned a new word. Yeah. I didn't know that that's what that was. I didn't either. I I'm guessing it, I they did it, that because I thought it was like a fruit. It sort of says beer in it. Yeah. Are you, so, are you saying it right? I don't know. Oh. Should I do the, the Google translation? Like, yeah. Can you do it to where the computer will say it for you? Yeah. Let me see. If you can't. Yeah. Hold on. Let me lower the the bed. Go for it. Guaybera. 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 No, Guaybera. 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 Okay, so we got it wrong. So it's a Guaybera. 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 Citra Pale Ale. <laughs> and uh, it's, <laughs> I spent a real long time. <laughs> This morning, before I hit the road at the liquor store, mm-hmm. uh, just staring at the beer coolers, and I finally walked up to the register with this thing, and you know it was early, 
in the morning. Is this like your same just, shop you always go to? No, it was a different one. And uh, so there was nobody in there but me. And so there was like the manager and the, the cashier up at the register. Mm-hmm. And uh, the manager was like, uh, you spent a long time over there at the beer cooler. What's going on? <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I didn't really want to get into it. But I said, I, you know, I do a, a podcast with a buddy and we always try and pick out different beers. He's like, oh, so you want to try something different? I said, yeah. And he's like, so uh, you just sit around and drink beer? And I said, yeah. Yeah. He's like, that's what we used to call fishing. Yeah. Yeah, but the kids, we get together and podcast. Yeah, we podcast instead of fish, but we bucket fish. We do bucket fish. And don't have to worry about cleaning anything. That's true. Um. So, uh, so he told you a joke. He, yeah, he was joking with me, and we had, a, we had a good laugh. We used to call that fishing. But they were like, well, tell tell all your uh, your podcast people that uh, you got it at Seagulls. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> at Seagulls? Yeah. So <laughs> Could be any Seagulls. So he's just pumping up the brand. Well, I mean, he, he said whatever their... Local the, store, the, whatever their store name is, I don't know. Jimmy's it's, Jimmy Seagulls, the one in the quadrangle. Did he have one of these shirts on? One of the Guayabera shirts? No, uh, Guayabera. Guayabera. Uh, he didn't. No, he did not. Um, I do he, like the look of that shirt, though. You know, when you're about like 65 and you're kind of that your skin, you have that leather tan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you fish way too much, and you. Uh, open like three buttons and you have the hair the <laughs> yeah. silver hair shooting out maybe a nice gold medallion it's and a it's, good it's, look it's also a good look if you're uh, just on vacation hanging out at the beach it's like the alternative to the Hawaiian shirt like kinda, if you like if you don't want to do the Tommy Bahama uh, oh this is way cooler than thing. that yeah. I think it's cooler than yeah, that yeah it's way cooler than that yeah like this guy would have a uh, like an anchor on his forearm <laughs> right, really faded, yeah. like a uh, India ink tattoo. Yeah, like there's a story behind it. I bet you the the most interesting man in the world had plenty of these shirts. Yeah, I well, would, I, this, it's a shame he left. By the way, it is the new one is doesn't hold a candle. Not even close. He looks he looks like the Frankenstein, most interesting man in the world. Yeah, real skinny Frankenstein. Uh, if you don't know, this is a song swap and a beer swap. So I bring a beer and Toby brings a beer. Uh, I bring three songs and Toby brings three songs. I usually try and keep it current and Toby likes to, uh, take us on a jog down memory lane and he's got a a themed episode. Once again, another theme. I'm going to keep that going for a while. Yeah. And you can, you can maybe, uh, understand or, or get tipped off on what the theme is by our intro song. Do, Do you think people know life in Tokyo? I would say anyone listening, what would you say, 50, 30% of our viewers? I would I would say 20%. Know what life in Tokyo is? Are they viewers or readers or listeners? They're all three. Well, they're not watching us or reading us. They read our, they watch and read our socials. Okay. Right? I don't know, because to me, Japan is a little niche I, st- I steal the readers thing from uh, the Frank Skinner podcast. 
which uh, well, it's not a podcast, but they make a podcast out of a Saturday morning show. But he's the guy that uh, wrote the song with the lightning seed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about about that that later. later. But anyway, when I say readers, that's stolen from uh, Frank Skinner and Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. That's what that's about. Well, then I won't criticize it if it's it's stolen from somebody good. It is stolen from someone good, but uh, we have no right to use it. So Toby is going to uh, kind of get everybody up to speed on Japan or uh, maybe uh, rekindle your love of Japan if you've not uh, listened to him in a long time. Uh, But I am going to get us kicked off. Let's go ahead and and start the first jam. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to play a song that has kind of been uh, on my back burner for a couple of months. Um, This album came out uh, on the 4th of May this year. And um, it's the fourth album by the Danish post-punk band Ice Age. You're not gonna make the Fourth of May joke. That's may, may that's the Fourth be with you. Beating. Are no. You, are you sick of that by I now? I mean, it's I okay. don't care. Is it I mean, fun? It's fun to do. I guess for some people it's fun. I mean, I'm a I mean, I don't, Star I don't, Wars fan, and I'm sick of it. I love Star Wars, but I don't. I don't wear my vader mask on may 4th <laughs> you I, I bet you have a vader mask don't you <laughs> no i don't i used to uh i had a vader halloween costume for henry my my old dog uh-huh. who, who passed away several years ago why did you say it like that no that's stolen from gordon oh okay um, do we yeah. have an original thought in our heads? No, we don't. I do have a Vader mask in the closet right there if you want to. We'll put it on for a picture in a minute. <laughs> yeah, so May the 4th, this album came out. And, and so it's it's been on my radar for a while, and it didn't make the cut the last couple, but not because I don't like it. And uh, it's, it's on many of the... Uh, best of 2018 so far lists if you look around on the web and you look at those lists of who do you trust uh, on the the tastemakers who do you trust on the tastemaker Uh, I don't really trust anyone I mean you know stereo gum has it up there Uh, Metacritic which is you know kind of an aggregator has it up there I don't know that one Um, well it's like uh, Metacritic is like Rotten Tomatoes but they cover oh I see they cover music and books and TV as well as movies okay um, but it, this is definitely, um, I don't know. It, I, I think it, it definitely fits the definition of post-punk. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to set it up any further. I just want you to, uh, see how this strikes you. Are you going to say the name of the band or? Yeah, I said the name of the band. What'd you say? Ice Age. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. So this is from the fourth album by Ice Age, and it's the first track. They're, and a, da- they're a Danish band. The, yes, they're a Danish band, which means they're from Denmark. <laughs> so this tune is uh, the first track off of the record. It is a uh, very kick-ass jam, and it's called Hooray.
Yeah. They get after it. That's pretty I saw, I saw your eyes light up when the tambourine came in. Yeah, I lo- that tambourine sound was great. It sounded like an old, terrible tambourine. <laughs> um, are they a new... Is that a new group? Well, it's their uh, fourth record. They came out in uh, 2009. Hmm. Uh, they had a, uh, a self-titled EP in 2009. Their first full length was in 2011 called New Brigade. They really sound like a band that would open up for like Black Rebel. Yeah. Or I mean, uh, Interpol or somebody like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they, uh, they've been kind of on the radar of, of people that like this kind of music for a while. And um, this, this last record has really kind of put them on another level. Have you ever seen the Ice Age? I have not seen them, no. Do they tour over here? I think so. Hmm. I mean, their wiki has a picture of them in uh, Denver from two years ago, three years, no, four years ago. Shit. 2014. Danish in Denver? Danish in Denver. Yeah, so, uh, and I, I don't know. I, I just, I like the uh, the irony of the uh, the name of the song, Hooray. And, you know, the, the chorus is, you know, we can't stop killing and we won't stop killing. <laughs> We shouldn't stop killing. Hooray! <laughs> no, I like that. That was good. It sounds super cool. So that's Ice Age for you. That's a, a rocking way to start the show. That is. That's a that's a new one for me. I've never. Uh, I don't know anything about the Ice Agers. You know that did remind me though. When do you want to? I want to ask you a ton about your uh, Europe trip, but mainly the Cure show. Yeah. So we teased it last month. Uh, the last show that we did. The June podcast was prior to my big European vacation. I went for uh, a good solid eight day trip. To it's, it was a while. It was to, a long trip. Yeah, to Paris and then to London right around uh, the 4th of July. And you've been to Europe before? Uh, well, I'd been to the UK. Okay. I, I hadn't been to the continent of Europe. So right. it was my first time in Paris, first time anywhere in uh, Europe proper, uh, but my second time in London. Did and, you heart it? Oh God, I loved it. I mean, what's not to love? Man, the pictures were made me jelly brew. Yeah. It. Uh, you seem like you were, and you were there at a really great time. I mean, everything's cooking up in France, of course, because their team was doing so well. Tour de France is about to go down. England, Wimbledon was about to start up, and their team was doing so well. I mean. Yeah, it was a nonstop party. Uh, the The only thing that didn't work out is we, we were never in France when the French team were playing. Yeah, yeah. So we got there the day after they uh, had their first knockout game, and then their uh, their next knockout game, uh, we were already in London. So we didn't get to soak up any of the uh, crazy Parisian atmosphere. I mean, the, the scenes in the streets around Champs-Élysées and everything, just hundreds of thousands of people gathered, everybody waving flags and yeah, setting it's, off flares. It's crazy. Man, when they, when they won the final, those shots were amazing. Well, it was like any team that won it, when they would show the home country, you know, wherever. Yeah. Belgium or whoever. It was just awesome. Yeah, it was a wonderful World Cup, and it was amazing to be 
in Europe where people are fully invested. I really wish that, of course, the English-French final would have happened. Yeah. That, that would have been great. That but, would have been incredible. But still, it was good. Where did you watch the final? Uh, watched the final at my house. You just, no party, you just... Uh, well, Craig and Dale came over. Oh. So we had a minor, minor party. That's good. I mean, it's hard at 10 in the morning. Yeah, it's but, tough. We but made over it there, to uh, somebody's house and had a little party as well. Yeah, but. so, but in France... The the game times when you're when you're in the knockout round, the early game is at four in the afternoon and the late game is at eight at night, mm-hmm. and it doesn't get dark over there in, in the summertime until almost like ten. Yeah. So uh, it it was perfect because we would sleep in and not leave the hotel until like noon. Right. Do some sightseeing, then catch a game, then do more sightseeing, grab some dinner, watch the second game, then go out and party after that that's good so you didn't have like a super rigid schedule no it was very fluid and it was it was really rather perfect that way the only i'm into that the only thing that was super scheduled was uh uh wednesday i believe it was was wednesday the fourth i don't yeah i I think i think wednesday was the fourth we had a uh a day trip uh to versailles oh yeah we did a, a guided tour which was amazing. That looked great. It looked like you guys were having a really good time. Yeah, we really did. It was a, a magical trip. But yeah, the, the one thing that I was really struck by in Paris, mm-hmm. even more so than London, I mean, London has pubs on every corner and English people love to drink. But in France, you know, there's there's a uh, like a bistro on every corner. Mm-hmm. But where people go to drink is just public places. Just like a park. Yeah, just anywhere there's a park or a statue or uh, a canal (laughs) or a bridge. So they build a statue and then they sell drinks by it? No, they don't even sell drinks. People just bring like a bottle of wine or a six pack of beer and giant hunk of bread yeah they just bring a baguette and some cheese and just sit down and have a party right there they just meet their friends and happy hour is is byob in france i like that i always picture in europe just there's no mosquitoes yeah i didn't notice any mosquitoes that's that's unfair but yeah the uh, maybe our our the most fun we had in the evening in Paris was, uh, and I always re- I always forget the the name of the city or the the name of the neighborhood, but it's the the neighborhood that's at the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. So you have to go up this giant flight of stairs, and then there's like a uh, a cathedral at the top of the hill with all these steps leading up to it, and you turn around when you get to the top, and you can see the entire city. And so there, awesome. there were hundreds of people up there. Uh, you know, there were people, there were buskers up there playing, you know, and there were people. So you would just roll into a shop and get some booze and something. And then... Well, we didn't, we didn't plan ahead. Okay. We, didn't, we didn't realize that that was going to be the thing. But then there were dudes walking around with 12 packs of Heineken's <laughs> just selling Lucy's, selling, uh-huh. selling uh, you know, yeah. uh, just a... a a beer, uh, you know, I, I don't know what it was. It's a good idea. I think it, I think it was maybe uh, two euro per beer or something. It was mm-hmm. an incredible markup. But yeah, we 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 paid it. 
Oh yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, so we we had a couple rounds of beers and watched the sunset, and it was amazing. That's really cool. Well, I have uh, one thousand questions, but let's play another song. You want to just keep keep going, get some momentum, <laughs> yeah, get let's, some tunes out of the way. Yeah, let's. That was our first European segment. <laughs> At the and, end, and then we're going to play a song. I'm pretty sure I, the rest of the show is just going to be me asking you about things. Well, uh, I would love to answer all of your questions. That's fine. Um, so my theme is Japan. We just we already did we set that up? Yes, we set up that your theme is Japan and give give people the elevator speech on who Japan is if they don't know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, how do you set that up? They were... It's kind of hard to explain, but they... Their first record is really raw rock uh, glam stuff. They, If you played a song off of, uh, I don't know, Quiet Life and a song off of Adolescent Sex, it would sound like two different bands. Would you say that? Yeah, but it, the members are consistent throughout the, the history of the band, right? The entire time, I think. Yeah. I think they added people, you know, when they got more fancy, but the main four guys were right. always still there. And last month we mentioned Mick Karn. He's he's the bass player. Yeah. Because and, he did Dolly's Car with Peter Murphy. Yeah, and I decided not to do any, the you know, because I like to shoot off on the side project, but I decided not to do Dolly's Car. If that's that's okay. too weird. It might be too weird. Uh, but And David Sylvan is the singer. Mm-hmm. And Steve Jansen is his brother, the drummer. Okay. I don't know the story behind the name thing there. but um, So you're not doing adolescent sex. You're no, not doing anything off the first record. I came across Japan through uh, the later on Life in Tokyo, Quiet Life stuff, but I revisited this the early uh, crazy stuff, and I really liked it. Did you do the same? Did you come across some kind of the more the new wave stuff? Yeah, I think Quiet Life was my introduction to the band, and then I you have to go both directions from there. You have to go back and forward, and because um, they got real avant garde around tin drum, and you know got real talk talk. Yeah. So uh, according to the wiki. Uh, adolescent sex and obscure alternatives were both in 78. Is that right? Yeah. And then Quiet Life was 79. So, man, that they that change was like a year. It's right. like they got a hold of some record and that well, was it. Uh, so, the, the, the tune that we played to open the show, Life in Tokyo, did you know that that was uh, co-written and produced by Giorgio Moroda? No. Who's that? Uh, he's the the disco producer the guy that did uh all the donna summer records and, oh, okay yeah. yeah so i'm guessing so the glam thing probably hit that and then they just took off from there yeah so they did life in tokyo with Giorgio Moroder, and then uh they kind of took that electronic style into quiet life which came out the next year right but here's the in-between. So there's Adolescent Sex, then there's Obscure Alternatives, and this is a song off of Obscure Alternatives, and I think this is a good intro into early Japan. That's not too shocking. On HTWOW.
do you think? It's it's so good. So you have you've uh, you have this one. This yeah, record. yeah, I have this one, and I think I think uh, we played it in the late night HTWOW last month. We did. Yeah, because I think we were talking about this, and you were talking about how this song marked the transition between old and new Japan for you. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's the bridge to me. But they also, you know, I think it turned out they always wore the makeup and everything during the glam stuff, and they had the crazy T Rex hair. Right. And then when they switched over to the new romantic thing that I don't think was invented yet. They just, I think that's what they hate about it is when the new romantic thing started, people started dressing up that way. And they were like, we do this every day. So this isn't really us pretending to be something. This is our thing, guys. This is, we've been doing this forever. They just got nicer haircuts. (laughs) But also what I love about that track and all of Japan's tracks is how crazy the bass Right. Mick Karn is just, he's insane. And you take that and you ramp it up times 10 and that's what it sounds like in Dolly's car. Right. Right. And he has that weird stage uh, presence where he kind of does the crab thing. (laughs) Have you ever seen that? No. Okay, we're going to, we'll watch that later. If you've never seen Mick Karn on stage, you need to look that up. It is the weirdest thing ever. It's almost distracting. It sounds distracting. Yeah, it is. But, um, you know, we'll get into more Japan stuff later. So that's the early... If I was going... This is a band that if you're a New Wave kid, you weren't necessarily into Japan. Yeah, I mean, when did their last record come out? I would say, out out of our friends, no one really listens to Japan (laughs) except you. Right. Um, Uh, Well, I know uh, Jeff K is... Is, well, of course uh, he does. Is yeah, a yeah. huge Japan fan. Uh, so yeah, Tin Drum came out in '81, so they were gone by yeah. the time most of us. Tin gained, Drum was '81. Yeah, most Golly. of us gained musical consciousness in the mid, you know, maybe '83, '84, somewhere around there. So they put out like four records in, I guess, three and a half years. Because Tin Drum was... I didn't even get that one until I was probably 1988. Yeah, well, uh, so Quiet Life was 79, Gentlemen Take Polaroids was 80, and Tin Drum was 81. Yeah. And then they were done. It's cool that people used to put out records like that. Now you... Every band takes like six years to do it. But what can you do? You have a lot more tracks these days, Dave. It's true. This is one of those bands I don't try to talk people into. Yeah, either you like it or you don't. But I do think that there are a fair number of HTWOW listeners that either were never aware of them or never really gave them a fair shot that after this episode will probably dive in head first. Yeah. Do you want to get into another one of your jams or should I uh, ask you another? Ask me a, ask me a question because, uh, you know, I, I kind of spoiled the Europe conversation a bit because on that uh, fill-in shift I did on the hard line, mm-hmm. I did talk a good bit about my Europe trip and, and you were listening, so... Well, you might you might repeat a few things, but people had to have been tuned in, whereas this, you can go back and listen right. you whenever can, you this, want. This will be forever. This is forever, and it's stories of Dave's trip. 
Yeah. So, what's your question? What's question number um, one? Well, they're they're it's kind of basic stuff. How did you get around? Did you you didn't rent a car? No. You no. just it's easy to get around. It's all walking. Yeah. But, most of it. Uh, we only took. We never took the underground in, in London. Really? We, yeah. Huh. We took the metro one time in Paris to get to that neighborhood on the mount that I can't ever remember. I'll, I'll look it up. Well, that's. Did you ever run into any type of? And I don't. I wouldn't expect you would. Did you ever run into any type of language barrier? No, I was. I was extremely nervous about that going in, and you know. I, Months ago, I had downloaded some, uh, you know, like a language uh, tutorial apps. I thought that I was really going to try to learn some French phrases, and I never got around to it. And so I was the ugly American who didn't speak any French. Does Marissa parlez-vous français? No. I mean, she took... She seems like she would she, speak French. She took, uh, you know, Fran- uh, France. <laughs> she took French in uh, a high school, I believe. Yeah. But she forgot all of it. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. So, uh, but no, in, in Paris, most places you can always uh, get away with speaking English. That most people in the service industry are bilingual mm-hmm. and, or trilingual even and that they can uh, they can put up with you well you find out most of the time it's because of American films right everyone just kind of learns English because it's easier yeah so we, we we took the metro one time uh, most of the time we were walking and then um, you know if we were pressed for time or if we were real real tired you know, we would take a cab or an Uber. Were you at one hotel, one hub the whole time? Or yeah, did you one, switch? one hotel in Paris, one hotel in London. That's so great. And our, our Paris hotel was south of the Seine in uh, kind of the... Um, uh, how, what did they call it? It was like, it was kind of the university neighborhood. Okay. And then... Um, Is it called France University? Yes, it was, it was the University of France. France. It's it's their uh, online school. Mm. Um, and then in England, we stayed near Hyde Park because that's where the Cure show was. By the Columbia Hotel? I don't know where the Columbia Hotel is. We stayed at the Arch Hotel. Is it by the Marble Arch? It is by the Marble Arch. That's sort of by there. Yeah, that's great. Yes. That's easy to get around everywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised you didn't take the trains in London it's man it's easy I know I know I th- I think there was a a bit of a uh, barrier of of um, I don't know nervousness about trying to figure it out sure I know the last time I was in London I did use it quite a bit mm-hmm. but for whatever reason this time would you go there before just a party yeah I went about 10 years ago by myself to just I did uh, London Liverpool, Edinburgh, and Dublin. Wow, did some Dave time. Yeah, it was, it was, I think it was nearly two weeks. It was like 10, 12 days. Two weeks of Dave time. Yeah, I know. It was a lot of Dave time. I hated myself by the I'm end. I'm glad you made it back. That's crazy. Um, okay, and then so when you, you saw all the awesome sights in France, 
And then you take the uh, you take the channel. Yes, yeah, we took the train, and that was probably our uh, my biggest screw up of the entire trip. What do you mean? Um, because it seems easy, right? Where do you catch oh, that? Oh, uh, Mon- Montmartre. Oh, that's that- where you were staying. No, Montmartre is the. I'm pronouncing it wrong, but that's the uh, the neighborhood on a hill. Mm. By, Mont- by, Montmartre. By the uh, Sacre Cœur Basilica Sacre. in uh, the Louise Michel Square. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not good at French. It's okay. You had fun. That yeah. sounds like oh, a lot uh, of fun, and as long as you weren't uh, being annoying and beating anyone up. Yeah, the I'm Latin, sure the Latin quarter was our neighborhood. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So we took the uh, the high speed rail from Paris to London and took the channel, mm-hmm. and uh, that was it. wasn't as scenic as I had hoped. I thought that you know it'd be beautiful countryside, and it really wasn't. That Until you got how, how far is uh, Paris to the uh, to the um, tunnel? Um, Forty five minutes? No, it was probably it was probably about an hour to the tunnel, about 30, 45 minutes in the tunnel, and then another 30, 45 minutes to London. Well, it's good scenery on either side of the tunnel, right? <sighs> Not really. Huh. There wasn't a lot to look at. That's um, weird. But yeah, so I, I did tell the story on uh, the ticket. I don't know if you listened all the way through to the end. I um, did, and I think I know where you're going with this. But uh, you had to tell the story real, real fast, and I think that you might have left out a few details. Yeah. So we get on the. Well, first of all, we nearly missed our train. We we would have missed our train had our train been on time. Uh, well, how did that happen? How did you almost miss the train? Because. Um, we had done the Versailles tour the day before. We did that on our last full day in Paris. Uh-huh. And so then the next morning, we had these grand dreams of uh, maybe accomplishing something in the morning, like maybe going to the Louvre just for an hour or so in the morning. But sure. we, we slept in and we waited too long to pack up and get our asses in gear have a few drinks the night before? Yeah. And so by the time we're in the car on the way to the train station, we're already kind of running late. Uh-huh. And then we hit massive traffic. You know, both both London and Paris are, are so gr- just, gridlock nightmares. You just took a cab. Yeah. We took a cab to the train. I'm guessing there's no Uber. No, there is Uber. We took a, we took a fair share of Uber. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, but uh, so by the time we get to the station, and I didn't take into account one that when we get to the station, we can't read the signs and we don't know where to go. <laughs> and two, that you're going from one country to another, so you're going to have to go through security and customs and all of that. Yeah, they got to stamp you, right? Yeah. So we would have been totally screwed but it worked out that the train was an hour and a half late i don't Which know why it's got to be strange for yeah. over there right i don't know why but it was and so we finally find you know i'm i just i start standing in a line i see people standing in a line and i start standing there 
figuring, okay, at least when I get to the end of the, the line, I can ask somebody a question, figure out where we're supposed to go. Uh-huh. But Marissa goes off and she finds the line that we should be standing in for security. And she's like, come here, dummy. <laughs> so we go and stand in this line and it's a mile long. Oh, man. And so we finally get... Are you uh, pretty tense at oh, this point? We, we, both of us are trying so hard not to kill each other. Yeah. And I mean, there's nothing like traveling that'll uh, bring you closer or, or push you further. <laughs> right. So we finally uh, get through this line. We get up the stairs to the second level, which is where they uh, have customs and they have the departures for London. Mm-hmm. So we get to the second level of this train station. And, uh, you know, we're looking at the monitors and it's showing our, uh, our train and it says uh, it says delayed, but then it says uh, check in closed, and so we're like, crap, we missed our train. They're not going to let us in. So I go into the the ticket office. Okay. And I'm waiting in line for the ticket office, and I finally get to the front of the line, and I said, I, you know, I I think we missed our train, and she doesn't confirm that we missed our train she just takes my word for it she's like oh okay well the next one i can get you on is uh 7 30 tonight okay and this this was like at one o'clock in the afternoon so i'm like crap we're gonna have to sit here for like six hours okay i guess i'm gonna get tanked in this train station for and and then this lady pokes her head in the ticket office and she says david and i turn around and I don't recognize her so I turn back to the ticket agent I then, like her already and then she says David David is there a David here is there a David here? and then I turn around and I said yeah I'm David and she says Marissa says come here oh she wasn't with you <laughs> no Marissa was still waiting in the line <laughs> and so she she uh. she kept making her way towards the security checkpoint as I'm in this other line uh-huh. and she's getting closer and closer to to uh, the the entry point, and she finds out that our train is still in the station, that it hasn't left yet, and we can still check in. So she panics, and she sends this... Uh, there was a couple standing behind mm-hmm. her, and she sends the lady to come and get me. She sent Angelique to go get you. Right. So I get back, and we get through security. We get through customs, um, and we finally are waiting in the train station... And so what you're saying at this point, it would have just been better if she just took care of it. Yeah. And you just hung yeah. out in a chair. Yeah. If she just did everything. That's what I told her. I said, you know, I'm the planner. I get us here. You just take care of all the details once we're here. Right. Because it's, I'm obviously not capable. Yeah. I'm an idiot when it comes to figuring out what we're supposed to do once we're there. Well, you made your, you made it. We did make it. So we finally get on the train. And we're so looking forward to having a drink. Yeah, you got to find the drink cart at this point. We are point. so stressed out. And finally, we're on the train. The train train's starts. Moving. The train's moving. We're, we're going to make it to London. That's a good feeling. Yes. Once you get on, bags down, bam. Yeah. And so we're trying to figure out where is the bar car on this train. And we think it's behind us. So we start walking behind us. Mm-hmm. And we make it like three cars and you know we're just out of the station in Paris, and we're not at 
top speed. We're not on open straightaways yet. And so the train is still kind of jostling a little bit. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I'm trying, not, I'm trying not to uh, land on people's laps and, and elbow them in the head as I'm going down the aisle. So it's shaking you around. Yeah, it's shaking me around a little bit. And we get like three cars down and we're almost to the end of the train. We're like, obviously, we went the wrong way. It's the other way. Okay. So we turn around and we're going, excuse me, Padma. Past all the same people that just saw us. And they're looking at us like we're idiots. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, a big jostle of the train. And to the point where I almost lose my balance. And I have to brace myself on the headrest of uh, one of the seats next so to me. So you have nothing in your hands at this point? No, yeah. We, well, yeah, yeah. No, nothing in my... Because we had put our luggage in the racks. And so, yeah, we're just... Oh, uh, you're good. You're just strolling. Yeah, we're, we're just okay. strolling. And uh, so I brace myself against this uh, the headrest of this chair, and I kind of tense my body up. You know how, like, you know, if like the the you're on the subway and it and it stops and you're grabbing onto the right. handrail, you kind of tense your body to stay in place. Yeah, like if you're on a boat and someone jerks it to the left. Right. And so I grab the headrest and I tense my body, and as I tense my body, mm-hmm. uh, a little toot comes out. Just. Do you? Is it a little toot because you're in France? <laughs> no, it just it was it was tiny. It was very staccato. Un petit toot. Uh, and I wasn't sure if it was audible. Was that what you called it? I didn't call it anything at the time. Un I was petit toot. I was trying to uh, pretend that nothing happened. Yeah, you got to. What are you doing? It's a noisy train. Right. And so yeah, I was like, oh, there's there's a lot of noise. There's, uh, you know, I could barely hear it, so probably nobody else heard it. And so I just keep walking. Yeah. And as I'm at the the end of the car, about to go through the doors to the next car, I turn around mm-hmm. and look at Marissa, and she has a horrified look on her face. Mm. So obviously she heard it, which means everyone who was sitting there heard it. So I just, book, so it I just was, book it. So you heard it. I heard it, but I thought it was only audible to me. <laughs> I thought it was my secret oh, you're treasure. You're walking head level down yeah. uh-huh. a, a, a corridor. Yes. And you thought that the volume only reached straight up to your yes, head? Yes, only my ears heard it. <laughs> Like okay, maybe, so what like maybe it just reverberated through my body cavity. Yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I just heard it. Okay, so you know, what? you know how sometimes you have the internal fart in your intestine. I have none of these, so I don't oh, okay. even know what any of this is about. But I, I've so I just heard stories. So I just book it to the bar car. Uh huh. I don't, I don't stop. And finally, I get to the bar car. It's and, best that you didn't. What were you gonna do? Right. And so I get to the bar car, and Marissa catches up to me, and she says. Is there any way off this train? She says, I cannot believe you. And I said, I said, did you hear it? And she said, not only did I hear it, the lady that was sitting right next to you when you did it, heard it <laughs> the train and stopped. screamed. You didn't hear a gasp? You didn't no. Hear a- she, said, she said, as soon as I took off, that the, the lady looked at me and then looked at her, uh, the her traveling companion in the seat next to her, and just went, "Oh!" 
Because <laughs> she, because she now she has pink eye or whatever. <laughs> did you, um, did, did you? <laughs> how old is she? I don't know. I didn't look, and I, I didn't ask. Marissa didn't tell no, you. No, I, I mean, I, I felt horrible. So also, it, I wish she's horrified, but also she was, she's, is a little funny. For Marissa, yes. Yeah. Okay. For the lady, so no. Was, okay. I was. I mean, I was horrified, and I. I wished that I could take it back, <gasps> that I could apologize, but there's no way that you could like go back and find the lady Man. and like kneel down in the aisle, like I'm so sorry. That I'm was so, so rude. That is rude. And but what are you gonna do? There's nothing you can do. Um. And so I'm. I. I mean, I hope that when we finally got to London, we got in the station that in the sea of people that she didn't pick me out and point to me. <laughs> Just found, that's the, him! found the authorities. That's, that's him. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So that was the most embarrassing moment of the trip. Really? That's the most, the most. Yeah. Okay. Were there a few others? Uh, no, I think I was, Pretty well behaved. Did you cry? Did I cry on the trip? On the trip. No. There wasn't one moment in the shower where you're just like, I can't take this. No, no. Okay. No, there was a, I mean, outside of the embarrassing le petit toot And obviously she didn't leave you. Marissa didn't leave you when she got off the train. No, she, yeah, she did not hail a separate taxi and uh, never see me again. So there's that. Mm. All right, let's get to the next tune. Yeah, let's do a song, we'll, and then we'll I'll revisit. ask you about now. Now we're we've left France, and now we're in England. Yes. All right. So my next tune, um, I want to play you a new song from the forthcoming record from the band Spiritualized. You a fan of Spiritualized? I do like Spiritualized. They're kind of one of those bands that I'm glad when it's on, but I never reach for the record. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So but. it's it's mainly Jason Pierce, and he was um, Jay Spaceman from Spaceman 3. Right. Um, and so when Spaceman 3 broke up, uh, he formed Spiritualized, and they're best known for uh, the record that came out in 97, Ladies and Gentlemen, We Are Floating in Space, which still to this day I love. That's a big record. Um, He's got to be in his 50s, right? Oh, gosh. What is I he? mean, you got to think. Spaceman 3 was... Let me, let me, let me find out for you. Unless he was a child. He's 52. Yeah. And he has had a, a brush with death. It was, um, gosh, I guess around 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. he had to go uh, undergo experimental chemotherapy for a liver disease. Holy crap, really? Yeah, so he was uh, in the hospital and very near death for a real long time. And so the last album that they put out in 2012 sweetheart sweet light mm-hmm. was all songs that he wrote while you know he was on his deathbed basically jeez so he made it he made it out yes that's crazy but they haven't done anything since 2012 until now um the new record 
that uh, I don't know what the release date is because Wiki's not telling me. Um, but it's called And Nothing Hurt. And uh, they've re- only released two singles so far. And so I'm going to play the second single for you. And this is honestly the best thing I've heard out of them since since, since probably uh, Let It Come Down in, tw- in 2001. Okay. So a- after Ladies and Gentlemen Were Floating in Space in 97, they had Let It Come Down in 2001, Amazing Grace in 2003, Songs in A&E in 2008, mm-hmm. and Sweetheart, Sweet Light in 2012. Wow. And... You know, like you said, it's one of those things that you don't seek out, but it's always pleasant when you hear it. Yeah, you no, know, I'm always into it when it's going on, and they're huge, huge influence on many, many bands. Yes, they, they, uh, you know, they, they definitely are of that uh, neo psychedelia type thing, but they also have uh, influences, you know, from. Uh, Americana and gospel and oh, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's it's really interesting stuff, and I think this tune is pretty interesting too. It's called "I'm Your Man" on HTWOW.
Yeah, I like that. That's real chilled out. And for them, I like he kept it short. Yeah, sometimes they will get lost in the moment and uh-huh. drag it out for six or seven minutes. But that was pretty tight. Yeah, that's really good. I'm into that. You, you can. We mentioned Tame Impala a lot on this show, but you can see how that's an influence, right? For sure. Spiritualized on Tame Impala, you mean? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like. I bet he has all of this guy's stuff. Yeah. Now, well, is those, spiritualized those... mainly that... Is he just the dude or... Is... Yeah, I mean, he has uh, a full band, but I think in the recording, it's mostly him. Mostly Jason Pierce. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the first two records after... And Spaceman 3 is one of those bands that... I may even have some in my iTunes, but... I've never really spent a, a, a lot of time getting to know. Yeah, I never had any. I mean, I knew of them. They were one of those um, bands that if uh, you were seeing a band live and they had a Spaceman 3 sticker or something on their guitar, you were like, well, I'm going to like this band. Right. Oh, they're I, cool. Even though I don't even know anything about Spaceman 3. Yeah. I did we were- see them. It may have been the Songs of A&E or Songs in A&E tour. I, did, I saw them at Lakewood Theater. You're kidding. No, they played Lakewood Theater, and it was great. Hmm. But again, they're one of those bands that uh, I have a very fleeting knowledge of, and I feel like after listening to that over and over in the lead-up to this podcast that I I need to do them a solid. Is it time to get back? I I need to just sit down, maybe smoke a bowl or or 10. Grab the record like you're a... A 12-year-old girl and just hold it in your arms right. and just listen to it. Yeah. Close your eyes. Lean yeah, back Yeah, I think I just couch. need to spend a lot of time with Spiritualized and Spaceman 3. <laughs> Let one of those little dogs just sit on your head. How, how are the... How's the cat doing? The cat's doing great. Has it learned to use every toilet in every house? Uh, no. Like, can you just stop at a truck stop and just go... Go for it, and it finds the restroom and uses it now? No. So, two updates on that. So the, the I feel like there's something in your voice here, Dave. So, the cat, I use the, uh, the City Kitty training uh, tool to get the cat to poop on the toilet. In and the, it's, it was successful. In the powder room, or, or the half bath. In what, the what, cat's bathroom. Yeah, the cat's bathroom. Sure. And... Um, and it works. And I guess I got a little cocky. Uh-oh. Uh, because eventually the the intent is that you take the tool away. That after a while, the cat gets so used to using the toilet. Yeah, that, it just knows its way around the bathroom. Yeah, that it just knows that that's where to go. And so you don't need the, the extra thing on the toilet and the litter on the toilet. Even though all the rings are gone. Because yeah. you have to go ring by ring. Yeah, you go ring by ring until there's just the one outer ring left. It's the just hoop. maybe an inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I figured, okay, well, we're at that point. And so I took it away. Uh-huh. And then for the next week, it was total cat confusion as like she would sneak into the, the guest bedroom Hmm, I don't like this story. And poop on the rug in the guest bath. It's a terrible story. Uh, Or she would poop in the corner by the kitchen table. Mm. Or by the back door on on the 
you know, the little uh, rug by the back door. And it wasn't the other, the two little dogs sabotage. No, no, it was definitely her. Okay. So I had to bring the tool back and add the litter and reestablish the connection that this is where you go. Um, but you didn't so, go back to day one. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I mean, as soon as I brought it back, the she her confusion was was uh, lifted. Yeah. Okay. So, so you she's just fine. Kind of have to have that litter smell. Yeah, I guess so. And so I haven't I haven't attempted to take it away again since then. And so it's still there. It, it, I I take it away when we have guests over. Okay. But for the most part, it's it's there, and so she knows. But the other thing is, is that. I thought maybe she would realize that uh, all toilets are the same, and that if you can poop in this toilet, you can poop in any toilet. Any toilet, anywhere. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, she sees other toilets uh, other than the one that's in her room as mm-hmm. water fountains. Oh, okay. So she'll jump up there and perch herself on the seat and then poke her head down in the bowl. So we got to make sure all the other toilets have their lids down. Well, that's um, it's still happening. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you're still sticking I mean, I with I, it. You could have just given up. I don't have to up. deal with a litter box, so it's great. Yeah, you could have given up, but you're sticking with it, and that's great. Um, I do want I want the day though that you're just like, hey, this cat. We we took it to Versailles, and it used every toilet in the. <laughs> I don't know how many toilets they actually have in Versailles. It's pre-plumbing. What do you want to do? Do you want to just go somewhere? Yeah, let's go get some... Well, are we ready for your beers? Yeah. Oh, this perfect timing. Because, uh, yeah, we need to finish these beers. We need to crack open your beers, and we need to play the we're, next Japan we're song. Also, we're in England now. Oh, yeah, yeah. When so we come back, we will be in England. my beers will make sense to you. Okay, good. I planned this out. You're so smart. So smart. Uh, why don't I just play the next tune while we're doing this, and then we'll talk about it when it's done. Okay, so this is... This is Japan. This is now Japan full-on new romantic, even though they hate that term. After the transformation. After they found a keyboard that had arpeggio on it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is that song. Starting now.
Such a good jam. It's good, right? So that was your, do you think that was your first intro? Yeah, that was definitely the song that grabbed me and made me want to learn more. Where do you think you would have heard that? Oh, man. I mean... I mean, obviously way later. Neither one of us no, were no, listening no. to this in 1981 or whenever this was. Uh, no, honestly, I probably have only been aware of Japan for, I don't know, le- less than 10 years, like in the recent past. Oh, okay. When I, you know, when I started um, ardently collecting vinyl. Uh-huh. And um, they were one of those bands that I found and then found more of on vinyl right but i'd never listened to it back in the day never had a japan cd never listened to uh japan on the itunes yeah it wasn't until i found them at half price books or somewhere yeah this was another one of those that you know i told you about our friend in england who would send us tapes Right. So you became aware in the 80s at some point. Yeah, Japan was on every single one of those tapes, at least a tune. But this was probably, for this uh, HTWOW episode, the most difficult to pick the tunes. Because I'd like to play about four or five. Right. But, you know, gentlemen take Polaroids. Um, Swing, do you know that one? Methods of dance. There's like, there's so many tunes that you could you can get into. But after this one, I want to go off onto a, a a side band for the theme. Oh, so your final my final your final uh, selection for the themed show is not a Japan song, but it's a, uh, a some side members project. some members from Japan. Which you could go off on many uh, side projects because David Sylvian, the singer, played uh, a lot of stuff with uh, I think Robert Fripp and you know with Eno and all that stuff. Right. Like you know they're all real respected musician guys, so could have gone a lot of directions. I'm not sure anyone really wants to sit through a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm curious to hear what you are going to play because it's something that I know nothing about. Yeah. But you know, there's not a, there's not a, there's nothing else to really talk about. It's pretty much there's the first version, there's this version, the Quiet Life version. Later on, during Tin Drum, they get pretty experimental. But there's still songs on that on the Tin Drum record that you can get into. It's not all just sitting in a room with bells and gongs and, <laughs> you know. Uh, but. Uh, Japan's cool if you're if you're into it. Yeah, and then they did. Uh, I guess after they were done, they put out the the live record, Oil on Canvas. Yeah, and Oil on Canvas was uh, a lot of people started to revisit Japan because of that record. Right, and I remember they... uh, a friend of ours, Peter Schmidt, mm-hmm. um, longtime Dallas musician. He was into Japan. Yeah, well, he he said Oil on Canvas is one of his favorite records. You're kidding me. No. Huh. I would have never guessed that. Um, and then, you know, the band got back to... They broke up because... And I don't know if this is just some rumor that was around back then, but 
Mick Carn's girlfriend, I think at the time, moved in with David Sylvian. Really? So it was a Yoko situation? I don't know. Which doesn't mean okay, yeah, just because yeah. she uh, moved I, in with him means that they there was a thing, but obviously long, it wasn't cool. On the, the wiki, long simmering differences among the band members came to a head when Karn's girlfriend, photographer Yuka Fuji... It's always a photographer, isn't it? ...moved in with Sylvian and uh, the individual members proceeded with their own projects. Yeah, so I think that's when they sort of split up after doing that many records in four years, and then they got back together after a bunch of side projects as Rain Tree Crow. Yeah, I saw that. It wasn't... It's no, okay. No one cares. No one really cared about it. it. You know, that's at the point where they're so super good at what they do that they just make music that no one wants to hear. Do you know You know what I mean? <laughs> they're bored with conventional song structure. Right. So They just have to go off and do their own cerebral things that right. no one else can understand. And I think that's what happened. But Well, well you know... Uh, <sighs> Leave it to a chick to jump from the bass player to the singer Golly. to break up a band. I know. Thanks, Yuka. What's her name? Yuka Fuji. I mean, they're kind of pushing it with the name of the band is Japan. And Yeah, do you think they all kind of had a thing? <laughs> like an Asian fetish? The other story is the name of the band was supposed to just be because they had a show some weekend. And they were called some other name, and they went, just make up something for this weekend, and we'll change it. And so they just call it Japan, and then it just, they went with it for the rest of their lives. Yeah, it's a very incongruent name. Mm -hmm. It's weird. I do like bands like that, though. You know, that, that you're the band that can be called Boston. America. Right, before they're taken. Yeah. We're Chicago. <laughs> How come there's been no band named Dallas? I don't know. Maybe you should take it before no. it's too late. I'm going to name my band Brian. Is there not a band called Brian already? <laughs> oh, Brian with a Y. Yeah, what did you think I was saying? Brian with an I? No, no, no. Brian. I want to be Brian with an I and play competing <laughs> shows. <laughs> no, you can. you can be the cover band. And you just play the songs like one week after we write uh -huh. them. Like it's, you know, man. Just, it's spelled different. Same songs. <laughs> I know Brian with a Y is good, but Brian with an I is so much better. Okay, so we have moved on from whatever skunky beer I brought. I don't even remember the name of it now. It was good. I hate that type of beer, but it, those went down smooth. Yeah, especially the second one, which was incubated in the freezer. What was the alcohol on that? 5.5. So not crazy. Oh, so this one's even more. Yeah. So now we are on to Toby's selection. Well, we're in... You've traveled through the channel. Yes. We are now in England, so we should drink Fuller's. Yes. Every pub has at least six handles of Fuller's. Did you drink Fuller's there while you're there? Uh, Marissa had a Fuller's at some point. I think she had this one. This is Fuller's ESB. Not the dark Fuller's, the... Yeah, this is... The light fullers. Extra special bitter. Is that what we determined it means? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what you said, and I, I and you. And you agreed. Uh, yeah, it's good. You know, uh, there's not really any kind of like uh, craft beer thing in London. Well, they kind of did that 
4,000 years ago. Right, but I'm, what I'm saying is that, that when you go to a pub, it's not like you find a bunch of local beers. Um, I'm, I'm, but I like that. The, the, the American beers that you could find, you could see uh, Sierra Nevada. Really? Event, uh, yeah, every once in a while you would see Sierra Nevada. There's also always a Budweiser. Yeah, I don't remember seeing Budweiser, but what I drank was was Amstel and Peroni because I just wanted, or, or I would drink cider mm-hmm. um, because I I just wanted refreshing beers because we we're walking around sightseeing, and so I didn't want like you know heavy like Newcastle or Bass or ES uh, Fuller's ESB or anything like that. But so, they would, but they would have a bunch of different varieties of fullers. Mm-hmm. So was your uh, like seasonals and stuff. Was the Amstel light was the Amstel the Amstel light or I know that there's another version of regular Amstel. No, it was just called Amst- Amstel. But was it Well, you know the taste. Yeah. Right? Was yeah, it no, Amstel it was light? Amstel light. Okay. Yeah. That's what I figured. Um So we're in London. What do so, you yeah. what do you want to ask me about London? God, there's so many things, but I also feel like we should play a song. Um, well, we've only got two songs left. Got to get it in. All right, so what here's the said. question: You're in, you're, you're in London. Uh-huh. You get off the train. Uh, how far do you go? So the train lets you out. You don't does it let you out in London. Yeah. So you take a you take a black cabbie. Uh huh. You go to Marble Arch. Right. You get into your hotel. You go straight to hotel. Right. Then, what's the first thing Dave does? Dave and Marissa do. Um, Let's not get too specific. What's the first sightseeing thing? <laughs> right. No, I didn't think. I don't think we did that. Um, golly, it all it all blends together. I'm gonna have to look at my face space. Why? Because everything is on a timeline. So then I can see when we did what. It was nice of you guys to post so many things so we could see what y'all were doing. Um, did you did you go into Trafalgar Square? Yes, we did. We did walk through Trafalgar Square. So you went into Soho. Okay, okay, yes. Um, yeah, we spent a, a good amount of time in Soho. Okay. That's where... It, it was just because it's so central, and it and, was kind of on the way back towards our hotel f- from all the sites. And you went to the, the shops. I know she had this on her radar. Um, oh, what's it called? On Regent Street. Yeah. Yeah. You hit all those. Well, we. Uh, I drug her to the uh, the Nike store so I could buy an English kit. <laughs> if you want to wonder why. England flamed out of the World Cup. It's be, it's because I bought an English kit. Which color? The you white. Go, you went with the white. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go to Camden? No, we didn't make it to Camden. Even though it wasn't that far from where we were staying, yeah. we never made it to Camden. And uh, so we met a couple of uh, English fellas. Um, I guess it was the second day we were there, uh-huh. and we ended up at a uh, a pub very close to Parliament, and. We were there to uh, to watch uh, World Cup, and we ran into a guy. You know, I was at the bar, and Marissa was sitting at a table, and this guy came up and said, "You know, is this taken? Can I sit here?" And she said, "Sure." And so I came back, and there was this guy, and we started cha- started chatting, mm-hmm. and then his buddy shows up, and so 
the guy who got there first, his name was John, and he was like a investment banker uh, working in London. John and, and Nigel. Uh, no, John and Tom. John and Nigel Tom. And so Tom comes uh, and joins him, and Tom is a researcher for a representative in Parliament. So oh, he sweet. works in Parliament. Cool. And so we're talking to them, and uh, and they are amazed at what an Anglophile I am, because I'm talking about how I'm an Everton supporter, uh-huh. and how I love the Smiths. Tom and I, at some point, I think uh, on the uh, the uh, speakers in the pub, there was like this charming man came on, <laughs> and he and I had a sing along. Y'all just started making out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they just thought it was crazy that this, you know, giant goofy dude from Texas knew everything about sure. en- English bands. And so he told me, he's like, you totally need to go out in Camden because that's, you know, the the music center of London. It's and, the spot. And then we never did it. We never made it. Yeah, you have to go on the weekend when the market's open. I know. Yeah, th- I mean, there was so much left undone. I mean, if I would have... There's no way. If I would have been a better planner, maybe we would have been able to hit more things but um no you can't look at it like that there's no way you know it's like the new york thing like you can't you're not going to hit all of it if you even live in new york you're not going to you know what i mean oops what's happening sorry sorry but when you're in london you just need to I, i like the way you approached it like just do what you can do next time hit another thing you know you can, it's not that big of a deal. Right. So um, I'm trying to jog my memory as to what we did on that first night. So we actually met um, a friend of Marissa's who was spending one last night in London before she went to Paris. We were heading in opposite directions. American. Yes. Uh, from, you know, from Dallas. And she was over there for uh, a friend of hers' wedding that uh, her friend was marrying a Scotsman. Oh, cool. And so they had, you know, already had the ceremony and then they were going to London and then to Paris. And so we met her out at a pub and had some fish and chips and then went to a couple of places um, uh, kind of near... uh, uh, Shortage. It's called what? Shortage. Man, I Shortage. don't. I have no. I, I've never heard of that. Okay, so we went to uh, we went to one uh, like a cocktail place um, on our own as her friend was freshening up, and then we met at another place in Shortage. And both the places that we went to, amazing cocktails. Nice. There's there's a lot of uh, very. Uh, creative not they're not like mixology like super douchey speakeasy type places they're more just very creative cocktail places where they have themed cocktails and uh you just kind of tell the the bartender or server what you like and like not no complicated mustache no there's no like twirly mustache they're not like dressed like dandies but uh no it was so great such good cocktails um, so is this the day you watched the game with? Uh, this was um, on the fifth, July fifth. So it was like Thursday. Fifth, July fifth. 
Yeah, so Thursday was our, uh, you know, we just had the evening of the 5th. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we had like two days of sightseeing sandwiched around the Cure Show. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about the Cure Show next? Yeah, let's talk about that next. Yeah, so this is a very uh, random, I guess this is the spot in the show where I play a guilty pleasure. And this is uh, an artist that I'm not super familiar with, but um, I kind of like. I'm just scratching the surface, but I became aware of uh, her because... I saw that she's opening up for Stephen Malcolmus okay, on, so on this, his tour. So this isn't a band. It's just it's a chick. It's just her. Yeah. I thought it was an all-girl band. No, it's a chick. Okay. And so... Um, can we still say chick? I can. Oh. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so um, she is <laughs> she's supporting Stephen Malcolmus, who uh, was the singer of Pavement. We played a Stephen Malcolmus tune a couple months back. And so on his tour, his support is Soccer Mommy, a terrible, terrible band name. Is it Soccer Mommy or Soccer Mom? Soccer Mommy. Ooh, I like Soccer Mom better. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe Soccer Mom was taken or Soccer Mom was not search engine optimized. Mm. I have heard of this, though. I know you you don't like the name, but I've heard of this because of the name. Right. Uh, so she's kind of an indie darling. Her name is Sophie Allison. And she was born in Switzerland, grew up in Nashville, uh, studied at NYU for a little bit, then quit school to do music full time. So she has the coolest parents in the world? I'm sure. She's born in Switzerland, grew up in Nashville, and went to NYU. Yeah. So she's only only like 18, 19 years old. Oh my God. She's a a total precocious uh, indie darling. And... The, the name of the tune is called Your Dog. It's Your Dog. And, man, uh, and it's funny because there's there's a number of these uh, acts that have come out in the past year. Like, there's another one that, with a horrible name called Snail Mail that, <laughs> is, that is also like an 18, 19-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's kind of this... Uh, uh, you know, laptop culture where you don't need a studio, you don't need a full band to make a record. You just need to have talent. And so, um, this is a case in point of uh, the democracy of music uh, in action. This is Sophie Allison, also known as Soccer Mommy, uh, with her tune off of her debut record, which is called Clean. The song is called Your Dog. Stop. 
you there? Uh, hello, check. <laughs> I have to say, of all the tunes that you played today, that's my favorite. Really? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, she's got a gift. It's it's for real. There is uh, that bass sound is great. Um, I love that. I'm seeing here. I that mean, she's... I don't know why I I like it, but that to me that's the catchiest number you played the whole day. And uh, I like the other two songs, of course. I'm seeing here that she also has uh, opened up for Slow Dive. Ah, oh, that makes sense. I could easily see that. Yeah. You know what? It also it has a uh, Suzanne Vega quality to it. I can see that. Not even not just because she's a girl. I mean, just the music. There's a uh, you know Suzanne Vega has a cool catchy kind of poppy uh, open thing to it. It's cool. That was really good. I haven't I, I haven't heard that. I've heard of the soccer mommy. Uh, she started posting to Bandcamp as Soccer Mommy in 2015 when she was still in high school. I'm glad you played that for us um, that don't go out and search like you do. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to make every effort now to see that show because um, I don't know if it's... When is it? It'll probably be after we publish the pod, but... Um, the uh, Stephen Malcolmus and Soccer Mommy will be at Trees. Kind of surprised he isn't in a Granada thing. Oh wait, no, it is Granada. Okay, sorry, good. I thought it was Trees. Uh, yeah, July twenty seventh. That's gonna be great. Yes. You so, gotta do that. You love pavement. I do love pavement, and now I love Soccer Mommy. And now you love Soccer Mom, Mommy. Golly, I wish it was just <laughs> Soccer Mom. I know. Soccer Mom is so much better. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Maybe you can talk to her about that and just go, hey, can you... And she can go, look, you don't think I've thought of that, idiot? <laughs> There's a reason, a really good reason that I don't want to talk to you about. Yeah. You don't think I haven't thought of the soccer mom thing? I was soccer mom for two months on SoundCloud till I got it taken down. Do you want to talk about The Cure Show now or after your song? Um... Let's talk about it now. So we, we'll play my last number, talk about it a sec, and then we'll uh, wrap it up. Okay. What do you think about that? Sure. Um, so here's my question, because I was confused about something. Uh, the Cure show, and like you said, the sun doesn't go down until like 10. Right. Uh, is that right? Well, it, it goes down a little bit earlier in, in London. London than Paris. Oh, that's an hour difference. Yeah. Okay. So still, the cure. Uh, who who was on that bill that night? Because I was it a weekend long thing. Yeah. So it was um, it was a Barclay card. You know the Barclays mm -hmm. Bank. Put, oh, of put, course. Puts yeah. on. It's called British Summertime, and it's it's like a two or three weekend deal. And so the weekend that we were there, Roger Waters played. Then Saturday. So you didn't go see no, no, that. No, 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 no. We did, we only went on Saturday to the Cure. And you're walking to. That's why the hotel is there. You can just roll right. over to High Park. Yeah. So uh, Friday was Roger Waters. Saturday was the Cure, and Sunday was Eric Clapton. So pretty star-studded. And then the following weekend, 
um, was like Bruno Mars and I don't know, a couple other more yeah. like pop acts. So how many bands play on the night The Cure played? Um, gosh, I mean, there were like eight or ten bands on the bill, but... Uh, so when I saw things online with there's uh, they're showing the editor set and slow dive and all those bands they that was that night yeah yeah that was the cure night yeah jeez but we didn't get there so it was kind of a cluster because um, Marissa really wanted to see Westminster Abbey okay and so and and we also wanted to kind of have a picnic in uh, St James Park. Mm-hmm. by Buckingham Palace. Sure. So we, we got some food and we went to go have lunch and then we wanted to go to Buckingham, or sorry, uh, Westminster Abbey. And then the idea was that then we would get to the to, to the Hyde Park venue in time for Slow Dive. Uh, and then after Slow Dive was when the England-Sweden match was supposed to be. Holy shit. And, and we were going to try and find a TV somewhere in the VIP area of, of the concert. Oh, they didn't just stop the show and no, show it? No, we, I was looking online and they said, no, they're, they're not going to stop the music. So the editors were playing during the match. Oh man, I bet they hated that. Yeah, yeah they were like, somebody's got to do it. I guess we'll, we'll be the ones. I would have told them, hey, put it on the screen behind us even. Yeah. Like, we'll just play and be background stuff. Yeah, so the plan was to get there, um, but... As, as like I said, we're winging it the whole time. Time gets away, and so we have to just find a pub near Westminster Abbey to watch the game. So miss Slow Dive, and we go to Hyde Park after. So you England can't go Sweden. in and out. No, you can't go in and out. Oh, no that's why and you missed. Yeah, right. but you saw him recently. Yeah, I've I've seen yeah. him before. So uh, we miss Slow Dive. We miss editors. Um, that's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, we get there as uh, as Goldfrap is playing. Cool. And so we see a little bit of Goldfrap. Um, then we see Interpol. Man, I can't believe Slow Dive was that early on that set. I know it sucks. They really should have been later in the day. They were easily they were very after early. Goldfrap. Yes. Right. They were really early in the day. It Before made no Interpol, sense. Before Interpol, Goldfrap, then Slow Dive, then Interpol. Yeah. Right. So we saw a little bit of Interpol, or we saw the whole Interpol set, um, and so. So I, what we were talking about before? Yeah. You saw the Interpol set. Does that make you want to go see them when they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was okay. good. Okay, it was good. good. Um, and then so we're we're they're playing on the main stage, and I had sprung for VIP tickets, <laughs> and so because I knew that there would be a, a a viewing area near the stage. Yeah, this is great. And I. I knew that I'm I'm dragging my girlfriend who doesn't really care about the cure across the pond to England. I need to make her as comfortable as possible to put up with me following my dreams, right? So we're in How the. How could she not care about the cure? Because it's not her thing. She's a, of a different generation. I, I went young that. at that position, <laughs> and so uh, so after Interpol. We have to go to the other stage to see Ride. Oh, okay. And oh, there's multiple. There's two stages. It's festival. Yeah, but there's no VIP at the other stage. Then I'm out. You have to go through the masses. And let me tell you, 
they squeeze as many people as they possibly can into that section of Hyde Park. I mean, Hyde Park is enormous. It's massive. How, so how many people? I mean, I would guess there's 80,000 people Jeez, at this thing. Really? Wow. And, you know, if you go to, like, Austin City Limits, uh-huh. and you're walking from one stage to the other... Like, once you get away from the stage, then everything opens up and there's wide open breathe. space and yeah, sure. you can breathe and you can go get a drink or whatever. Pass out and then, for a bit. And then go to the next stage. Um, there was no such breathing room in they Hyde Park. They didn't care. As soon as you walk from the VIP section into the general population, it's nut to butt. You're having to snake through the crowd. And mm, man, that might have freaked me out a little bit. It was it, I was a little freaked out, and then I also had to really, really go potty. So, <laughs> so we separated. Marissa stood in line for a, for beers, and I went to the bathroom. And I had the thought of, what if we never find each other again? Yeah, because she, I I had my phone on an international plan, but she didn't have her phone. So if she didn't have her phone on the entire time, yeah. Golly, that must have been nice. Oh, she loved unplugging for a week. That's crazy. But yeah, I was like, well, okay, we're going to meet here. But I, as I was walking away, I was nervous. Like, what if what if I miss the spot? Or what if, you know, something happens and we don't find each other? Talk to you later. But uh, ended up reconvening and then watched a, a little bit of the ride set. Mm-hmm. And then uh, made our way back to the main stage for the Cure set. And... So it was the 40th anniversary. Like that weekend mm-hmm. was the 40th anniversary of the very first show that yeah. The Cure ever played. Have you ever watched that? No. It's cool. They're like in a gazebo. Yeah. And their hair is long like rockers. Oh, really? Yeah. It, it's cool. Um, and you can tell they're, you know, how it is first show. They're getting it together. They're figuring it out. Right, so right. It's not great. But uh, it's weird to look at because, you know. It's seventies, late seventies. They're buying guitars. They're rock. They're rock. Yeah, bits. they're they're a, they're a punk band. Yeah, <laughs> so they're figuring it out. But it's cool. Like there are clips of it, which I think is man. Think how long ago they have. There's film of this. It's right. Weird. So uh, so we get a we get a decent spot. We I we don't push to the stage too bad. But even though we are at the back of the VIP section, you turn around and there's still an ocean of people behind you. It's you know, unreal. Yeah, I, I saw all the pictures from it because I think, um, oh, is it slicing up eyeballs? Yeah. They always show the full concert of something like, of all the band. They showed the slow dive one, editors, everything. Right. It looked so amazing. And The Cure, of course, did all the, vi- they're so great at all the visual stuff. But it's always real funny to me when, People think there's a battle between Morrissey and Robert Smith, <laughs> and you're like, Robert Smith is easily the daddy of this whole thing. Like, right? He can command. Robert Smith doesn't care anything about what Morrissey thinks. Not a word. He can go out. The only thing, and these two bands don't have a battle, but the ones that could sit back at a festival and talk to each other about stuff is Depeche Mode and The Cure. Right. Because they're the only ones that can command a stadium. And fill every seat right. to this day, where all the other bands can't do that, but The Cure still has it, and he'll do the Bruce Springsteen two-hour. Yeah, they they played for 
probably two hours, 15 minutes ish. I mean, sometimes they will play like three hours, but I think there was a curfew. Yeah, and they need to shut that down. I don't love the three hours. No, yeah. I mean, you need to you need to edit yourself a little bit. Yeah, let's. But it cut it, down. it was uh, an amazing greatest hits set. That's a what lot they of times. Need. A lot of times they will kind of pull out the deep cuts and they'll play stuff for themselves or for the for the hardcore fans. But this was an amazing set of everything well, you yeah, could you're ever want to hear. Yeah, you're playing Hyde Park on a Saturday in the middle. Do you of have the Do you have a a, a a cord, a plug-in. Oh yeah, sure. What do you want to do? Well, I can play. I have, um, I have three or four little clips, and so you can pick which one or ones you want to hear. They're only like a minute long. Yeah. Because I didn't. I wanted to be present, and so I didn't. Usually, when I go to a show, I'll try to get. You know, two or three full songs just to post on YouTube for posterity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't do that this time because I, I really wanted to be in the moment. And I know that uh, Marissa gets annoyed when I'm playing with my phone too much. <laughs> so, uh, so all right. So let me know when you wanna when you wanna hit play, and then I'll hit the record button on this thing. Okay. Well, we'll let me tell we're... you. Let me tell you what I have. Uh, I have Push. Okay. I, I have Edge of the D- Deep Green Sea. Mm. Uh, Killing an Arab. Okay. And Lullaby. Um, I love, of course, all of those songs, but it would be between the first two. Which one do you think you got the best quality? Well, a Push, I kind of uh, did a 360 to see the crowd behind so the, the audio is not so good. So let's... let's uh, Listen to the uh, edge I, of the deep green sea. Edge of the deep green sea. That's all I got. Man, that's great. Sounds pretty good for live. Here, I've, I've got to play some of Killing an did, Arab. Did anyone ever, did, when they hit the, put your hands oh, in yeah. the sky, oh, so it everyone would, does it? Yeah. The the entire show was audience participation. Oh, man. Like, uh, like when they're playing like the, the Caterpillar, uh-huh. and everybody's doing the, Yeah, I mean, everything was... Uh, everybody was so into everything. Okay. So they're just, just you're surrounded going, by going tons nuts. of English yeah, Going carefully. nuts. That's so great. Here, I couldn't believe that they played this. So they played um, the most of the encore was 
three imaginary boys, all of all of stuff from the very first record, and they actually played "Killing an Arab" on the, the ticket. Yeah. I was in heaven. I mean, that was that was the reason for the trip. The whole trip was planned around that show, and I was just I I, I reached that astral plane during uh-huh. the show sure. of just the the sheer bliss and the you know just incredible realization that you're watching the Cure in London in Hyde Park. On their fortieth, on their fortieth, yeah. with eighty thousand screaming fans, on the day that England beat Sweden. Yeah, it was so magical. It was so great. That's so great, Dave. And then afterwards, it was such an ordeal to try and get out of Hyde Park, to uh, you know funnel through all of the mm-hmm. uh, the gates and chain link fences and crowd control, and finally get out of the park. And we found a, uh, a restaurant slash bar that was a couple blocks away mm-hmm. and just happened to be hosting a Cure post party <laughs> with, with a DJ who was playing all the hits and oh, everybody man. in the bar was singing along with all the hits. That's so great. It was awesome. Wow. I mean, think of how many people plan their summer trip around that show. That's so cool that uh, after this many years, they can still uh, pull something off like that. That's amazing. Yeah, it was good times, and I'm sure you can clean this up and make it sound good. I mean, why would you ever uh, ever go to a show again? No, I pretty much peaked. That's it. Everything else from here is... Nothing will me- ever measure up. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, right. so let's uh, let's wrap this up with... Uh, it feels weird now. Like, why would... I feel like we should have ended it with The Cure, but... Um, but I want to hear what, what the uh, side project of Japan sounds like. Well, this is the Dolphin Brothers. It's the, it's the synth player. Okay. The keyboardist, uh, programmer, th- that dude, who was there at the start. I think his last name is Barbary or something like that. And then Steve Jansen. And the cool thing is, is uh, this is the drummer brother, and he's doing some singing. He's doing the singing? And it's that same kind of relaxed vocal style, but there's something to it. But the reason why I love the Dolphin Brothers record, and it's if you want to go look into this, look it up on YouTube and play the tunes. Uh, to try to find the record is going to be tough. 
Um, so this came out in 87. Yeah. And so I guess I would have gotten it around 88, 89. In my first year of college, when I was at Sam Houston, this is when I, if I had a morning class and I went back to my dorm, I would play this record because it's chilled out. Like we're about to chill out here for a second. We and need that's to. okay. Everything need doesn't to. need to be upbeat all the time. Right. I like to chill. Do you? I love to chill. This is a great, um, if you want to take a nap in the afternoon. <laughs> it's super pleasant, but uh, it's also uh, really talented dudes doing good stuff. But I'm going to play it, Dolphin Brothers, and just see what you think of it. Because I, I think What's that you're going to find this uh, vinyl after you... Um, after you, I'll be on a mission for it. After you get into it. This one is called, uh, I want to say it's called Host to the Holy. Okay, yes. Is that track, on? Track six. Yeah. Off of Catch the Fall. By the Dolphin Brothers By on the HDL. Dolphin Brothers, it goes just like that.
How does that make you feel? Warm inside. So you like that? That's not just too chill. Like it's no. I do get that, but man, that was um, man, that was my Sunday afternoon chill. Always. I'm not even sure they played shows or well, I don't know. I'm sure there's something on YouTube that shows them doing something, but you think they played live? They had to have at some point, right? They certainly never came to America. No, I doubt that. I mean, they're like I was saying before, this isn't even on iTunes. But is it on Spotify? I think that they have a page on Spotify, but when I looked it up today, but it didn't seem to have any songs on it. <laughs> but this is something that if you're in a record store, and you run across because they did come out with a lot of vinyl. So if you all of Japan record, like you saw how many of the Japan things I pulled out. Right. They have tons of compilations, a lot of singles, a lot of t- tons of 12-inch versions of all their songs. So if you can find a version of Catch the Fall, just get it. Of it'll be I like will. it'll be like $2. You know what I mean? But I'll buy two. Buy a couple. One for me, one for you. Yeah, I would love to have that. And um, I don't know. I wanted to share that with you, Dave. I'm glad you did. Doesn't it seem like a pretty good he does chill sa- out he, thing? He does sound like his brother. Yeah. And they're both very I, handsome guys. I mean, I don't know if he was intending to mimic his brother or if his singing voice is just very similar. Well, they have that... Well, first of all, Quiet Life and all that, huge influence on Duran Duran, especially Nick Rhodes. Like, you can see Nick Rhodes is even trying the look of David Sylvian a lot. Right. So, and I know Duran Duran was, what, 1979 and on? Or was it later? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the first one came out, the self-title came out in 80. Yeah, with Planet Earth and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So, you can see how... Japan would have been easily an influence on everything that they were doing. The look and everything. But, I don't know. Something about... uh, Have we talked about the Blue Nile before? I don't think we have. It's that same kind of chilled out voice. uh, You know, Roxy Music, Avalon, Brian Ferry. Boy, talk about a chill record. Avalon... It's so good, isn't it? Oh, my God. But, yeah, these are all in that... That's like a make-out record. Yeah, these would all be in the same section, like, uh, with Four Calendar Cafe. Uh, But great napping music. I I used to take... Either napping or boning. I would take a college afternoon nap to the Dolphin Brothers uh, 1989 fall semester Uh pretty much every day. My napping record was slow dive just for a day oh, it's so good same thing 
See, if we owned a record store, we would set it up into sections <laughs> like that. Section. Like the napping section. Like the napping section. The smoking out section. Smoking out se- Get tank section. The footy section. The, f- <laughs> the footy section. Hey, the American football section. Uh, speaking of that, so you were in a... So that's the end of the Japan thing. Right. If you want to get into it, get into it. Do it. If not, I'm not... Uh, like I said, I don't force this on any of my friends because... I totally get why people don't aren't into it. So we were talking before about the uh, "It's Coming Home" song, right? Three Lions. Three Lions. Uh, do you know who I mentioned Frank Skinner a lot? Do you know who that is? I know he's a comedian, an English comedian, right? And um, David Bedil. Yeah. They were they were roommates, but they were big like. And they wrote the lyrics. The Lightning Seeds guy wrote the music. Well, they had a soccer show. Uh huh. And. What was the World Cup? Was it 94? No, it was, it was the 96 Euros. Well, but before that, I think that the song came out during No, the song the... was for the 96 Euros, because England was hosting. I've looked it up. Trust no. me. Trust me on this. All right, what, where was the World Cup in 98? France. All right, so maybe that's when the song came back again. Yeah, so yeah. So maybe it yeah, was they written did a, for the Euro. Yeah, it was written for the Euro in 96, and then they re-released it in 98. Yeah, and then they, of course, re-released it again. It, so, yeah, it's number one right now in the UK. Of course it is, and it's a great song, but uh, I listened to that on Absolute Radio, the Frank Skinner show that comes on Saturday mornings. So the song is taking off the whole time while the World Cup's going on, and then finally one of them was like, hey... So what kind of money is going on? <laughs> Could you imagine? He dodged the question perfectly. Right. Like you, he didn't even, he was not answering this part of it. Um, but could you imagine what that's like? Like, he's already... Oh, the royalties on that? He does so well already, and David Bedil does well, and the Lightning Seeds guy, I'm guessing, is still rich from the 90s. I don't know. But could you imagine what happens during the sun? And what... Like when they're rooting for the game, they, to, they have a little extra to interest. To go into the final, could you imagine what they were going through? And he's such a—he's a West Brom guy, right? Um, so, and they got relegated, of course. But uh, he—you know—English people love the—they love to dwell in the. Yeah, I mean that the defeat. That too. was uh, the soundtrack of our trip. Because it's a catchy number. It's a catchy Did you number. Watch the video. Ever? Yeah, yeah. I've watched it's the video, so good. Good. and uh, Marissa's gotten obsessed with it, where she's trying to learn all the lyrics. Uh-huh. Um, but it's it's such a catchy number, and as I, I mentioned when I was talking about it on on the ticket the other day, like it, it's it's a celebratory song. Like after the after they score or after they win, mm-hmm. everybody's singing it. But it's also like a, a greeting. Like you would see somebody on the street and you would say, it's coming, it's home. coming home. And then they would point back at you, it's coming, it's home! coming home! It's coming home! Yes, sir. And they all knew that they weren't going to win it. Right, yeah. And so the, the, the two guys at uh, the pub, the two English guys that we met, mm-hmm. John and Tom, they got John us. And Tom. They got us all up to speed on, on I want to see that sitcom. On the history of uh, Three Lions. And, uh, and you know, just to rile up John, Tom just would look at him every once in a while and just go, it's, it's coming, coming home. home. Oi. It's Oi. coming home. Oi. It's coming home. Man, I love it. Because it's the thing, you know, New Order tried to do it. They had the 
the world in motion. Yeah, just wasn't the same. No, it's not. But that was that was ninety four. Yeah, and that's a or big maybe one. no, that was ninety. That was that was for the ninety World Cup. Was it really? Yeah, wow. World in Motion was for ninety. Okay. Wow. Did you tape that at one of the pubs? The it's coming. Oh home? yeah 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 yeah. What day was that? That was the Sweden game. I thought you didn't make the Sweden game. No, we watched it at a pub. We we. Didn't. Oh, what was the Hyde Park game? That was yeah. That was the day of Hyde Park. The day of the Cure show was the Sweden game. Why am I confused? I thought you missed the. Oh, you didn't. You weren't at the editors thing. No. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, we yeah, we yeah. went we went later than I anticipated. Man, to you the planned Hyde it. Park. That's the way to do it. So you watched the game at a pub. Yeah, we watched the game at a pub, and then as soon as the game was over, then we hightailed it to the show. Man, was that the best? It was a great day. It was such a whirlwind. <sighs> But yeah, I mean, you had ev- such every, a great day. Everybody was so happy. Do you mark it on your calendar with a heart? I did. Like Dave Day. Uh huh. It is a good day. I can't believe you really were in an English pub during "It's Coming Home," and they want what? That's awesome. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can pull it up. We don't need the cord. Yeah, let's... just do it on the mic. So this yeah. is you at the pub. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. So uh, England won two nothing against Sweden. All right, hold on, I'll mute that. And so this was... Uh, so this is the celebration. This was following the uh, the second goal. Oh, sweet. Man, I can't believe you got to do that. That is, um, it's a moment in time, Dave. I know. It, I mean, and I feel bad, like I said, because why I, would you feel bad? Because I bought a, an English jersey and jinxed them. You did not jinx them. They were the English jinxed themselves. They don't need you. They don't need your help on this. I know, but yeah, you know, like talking to the dudes in the pub, they're just like, it's setting up so well for us, Sweden. Of course, it was set up well. Sweden, and then probably Croatia, and then probably France. I mean, they had it all mapped out. They were like, if this is, if we're ever going to win, this is the time. It was the time. It was the time. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Golly, I was so you know because I pull for uh, I pull for England every t- unless the U.S. is in. Of course, I'm going for the U.S., but that's a far that's that's a day f- real far from now. Right. That we're going to be in. That, that we're going to be in like the final that. four. Uh, England. I always want them to win. I, they should be in the at least the semis or the final every World Cup. Don't you think? But I mean, I, they I, have the players. They should do it, I think but they never, I, ever do it. I think they're set up now with... The younger South, players? With Southgate as their manager and with the younger players and the the system that they put in place. I think they... I mean, France is, is here to stay because mm. they're just as young as England. Yeah, I know. That's going to be a thing, but I want that to be the battle. Um it's, it's, I also just sort like, of just thought, like it's good for the the NFL when the Cowboys are good. Yeah, it's good for soccer when England is good. Oh, believe me, the people putting on the World Cup really wanted this to be England versus. France. Oh my God! Could you imagine? I mean, it was great already, but that would have been the thing of yeah. all things. I mean, it would have been to settle a thousand years oh of grudges. God. And do, imagine the hate with that one. 
But they hate each other. You know, so I much. wanted. You know, Belgium was so good too yeah. this year. It was just a. a it was a good tourney. It was. It was really good. I'm and sad it's, it's cool over. that you were over there. And um, it's cool that we're doing a podcast the day after uh, the World Cup went down. Who knows when you'll be listening, but we're still in the afterglow. Yeah, it was so Hopefully much you fun. enjoyed it. The other good thing is, is um, there's the U.S. tour going on with the Premier League teams, but the actual season starts August 10th. The season, the Premier League will have started by the next time we record our next podcast. How awesome is that? So awesome. It's so good. Is Everton going to, are they going to do it this year? Well, they had, a, they had a friendly in Austria the other day and they won 22 to nothing. What? Yeah. That's ridiculous. It what is are you ridiculous. About? Well, who are they playing? Like a 10 year old? Some Austrian side. Some I don't Austrian know. 10 year old uh, squad. That had half their players sick at home. Like, what do you mean? And why did they score that many? They should have done that. That's completely rude okay. to any here, Swiss anything. Here we go. The 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 uh, Deadspin headline was Everton really fucked up this fifth division team twenty two to nothing. Jesus, they shouldn't have done that. What were they doing? I don't know. Why are your Why is your team so mean? Uh, ATV Erdening. A fifth mm. division Austrian team. That's weird that that game was even set up, but I get it. I like to party there. Oh, it was a what? It was an Austrian team. Yeah. Oh. I mean, wow. I guess uh, Everton was training nearby, and the uh, Austrian team invited them to have a friendly. Yeah, let's. Uh, well, they shouldn't have done that. They got killed. <laughs> yeah. They should not have done that. They should not have done that. So not a Swiss team. Austrian team of something we can't pronounce. Well, good for Everton. They're kicking off their year and Yeah, we'll see. We got, we got a new manager. We'll see. Hopefully it can't be worse than the last two years. No no Sam? No, Sam's gone. Where's Sam now? No idea. Who cares? Eating a cheeseburger. He was eating a cheeseburger watching England play in like a McDonald's. Oh, I saw that. That was kind of cool, though. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to you want to kick down? Do you remember what song we were started with? Yeah. It was uh, Life in Tokyo, bro. Are you ready to get it? Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Let's we wanna, wrap it up. We want to end on a high. We want to thank you for listening to HTWOW and... Anyone who makes it to the end really deserves a medal. They sure do. They deserve their own World Cup. There was uh, one guy who uh, tweeted me and said that he listens to each episode twice all the way through. That's insane. It is insane. If you even make it through once, I applaud you for your patience. Because uh, we tend to ramble, but we tend to pick hot jams and we hope you enjoyed them. Mm -hmm. It's been a, a joy bringing this uh, episode number 13 July 2018 HTWOW to your earbuds I'm gonna I'm gonna kick up or the your uh, your Bluetooth or whatever the hell I <laughs> yeah. don't know or your old roller skate headphones uh-huh yeah hell Let's get to the chorus. Oh, there you go.
more. I know. I wanted him to keep. I think we're used to the 12 inch. I know. Well, okay. The end. The end. Bye. Thanks for listening. World Cup. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming. Football's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming. Football's coming Didn't come home. It didn't make it. It just, it was, it was tiny. It was very staccato. Un petit tut. Uh, and I wasn't sure if it was audible. Was that what you called it? I didn't call it anything at the time. Un I was, petit tut. I was trying to uh, pretend that nothing happened. Guevara.